Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. And I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Here's Nikki. Here I am. Good day to you, good sir. And madam, or they, listening to the podcast today, thank you so much for uh, tuning in to the Nikki Glazer podcast. It's Thursday. <laughs> I get sad on Thursdays because it's the weekend. Listen, I love doing this show, so I hope you love listening to it. Um, I don't know why you would be listening to it otherwise. Maybe a hate listen. Sometimes we do things just to hate Noah, do you do anything where you're like, I do it to feel hatred and angry? Uh, I mean, of course I have done that. Um, like hate watching. People go, oh, I hate these people so much. I love watching them. Or like, they make me so angry. I think people just want to feel anything. Yeah. Uh, not really with hate, but just kind of like looking at other people's lives that are not at all like my own. That make you feel insecure. And like that might make you feel like bad, and yet you keep doing it. 
Yeah. Because it's like, like, I think that's different than hate watching because I think we all do things that are like, this is bad for me, but it feels so good. But I guess that's the same thing. Like hate, hate watching things feels good because you're like, that's not my life. Yeah, I guess I just take it more as like voyeurism. Yeah, I love, I love seeing inside people's lives. I even, you, I don't want to take credit for it, but I do think, so when I was like in middle school, I got Entertainment Weekly. I subscribed to it because I like loved entertainment. And like, you guys know, I was voted most likely to become Siskel and Ebert <laughs> in my eighth grade senior superlative. Let's not let's not even mention the fact that there was in my eighth grade superlative, like most likely twos, there was also a most likely to succeed. And I kid you not, I would give anything for a copy of this. It said most likely to succeed. Katie Miller dot dot dot. And the class of 2002, they just like threw us all in, but also mostly Katie Miller. And Katie Miller's is truly the one that I always go to is like, I wanted to be here so bad. Um, but I was most likely to be Siskel and Ebert. Um, I got Entertainment Weekly early on. And I remember they were doing like a customer survey. And I felt really cool that like we got a phone call and they were like, maybe speak to Nicole Glazer, please. And my parents are like, a man wants to talk to you. And I'm like, yes. And they were like, we're doing a customer research survey as a subscriber to Entertainment Weekly. Like, will you answer these questions? You know, the kinds of things that you would now do on your phone. And I was like, hell yes, I will. And I remember them at the end of the call. They were like, are there any other things that you would like to see in the magazine? And I go, yes. You know what I want? I want more paparazzi photos of celebrities, not on red carpets, but like out and about. And do I want to say that I predicted and I was very influential in the stars are just like us photos because us weekly wasn't out yet. All we had was national Enquirer, And that was like alien baby grows out of 60 year old woman. And it was always like those kinds. It never was, or it was like, you know, um, what's that one woman that always wins is like on soap operas. It would always be like, uh, God, what is her fucking Susan Lucci's affair with Elvis? You know, it was, it wasn't like, Stars Without Makeup or Adam Sandler takes out the trash. Like, I wanted that shit. I wanted to see Stars Without Makeup, you know, which is also the name of a band that I want to start. I think the band Stars Without Makeup would be a great name for a band. Someone take it. I'm not going to do anything with it. But um, I think I was on the forefront of seeing, of, of being someone who was like, we like to see celebrities in their natural habitats. Um, what do you like to watch on you? We, we went over on, um, or on Instagram, we went over the fact that you enjoy motivational, um, talks, which by the way, I want to give a shout out to someone. If you, if you are like Noah and enjoy motivational people, there's a guy from F boy who I just love, um, Jamie Wood official, follow him. He had a great one this morning that I even commented on. What did you like? He was about like, it? Oh, let's listen. Oh, he's first of all, he's adorable. So like he was a nice guy on the show. Oh, God, I'm connected to my dumb headphones. It says, don't, don't, don't get upset when you're connected to your, not connected to your head or whatever. Okay. <laughs> it's a great day to be alive. You know, one thing I was thinking about this morning as I'm reflecting and getting ready for the work day is that I've got to be more mindful of what value statements I place on my experiences. Mm. The experiences that I've had in my life, whether good or bad, um, may not that may not be the case. And oftentimes I place those value statements on things to make sense of maybe what I'm feeling. 
Um, and so my challenge to you um, is a challenge. To dig deeper into those things that you label good or bad and to look for the lesson or the feelings or the emotions that might be behind why you labeled as such. Okay. What I wanted from him a little bit more was like, I wanted an example of his life. Like what's an example of something he labeled as bad that he could find the good in. But I thought that was a nice reminder. And you can tell that he's kind of like inching towards doing kind of self-helpy stuff. And I go, oh, you know what? As much as it's like kind of you cringe to see someone attempt to be an influencer. And that that doesn't go for Jamie. It goes for anyone who just makes that pivot to be like, I deserve to tell people how to feel good. Even me, you know, like making that pivot myself feels like, oh, who do you think you are? Um, I actually got something out of watching that. And he's, he's, he's gorgeous to look at, too. So th that doesn't hurt. And Andrew knows him, too. And like we always just talk about how Jamie, uh, one of the first guys to get like a wristband from the girls on the first uh, episode of FY Island, a, fr a clear front runner from the beginning. He uh, he's just a good person. And I'm, I'm uh, he. Uh, Andrew's always like he could have gone pro man like he's like a legit football player like like a lot of these guys say they they're pro like he's legit he just got injured so um Jamie Wood official I I wrote underneath it I learned yesterday that although I live like to live myself my life honestly and I feel like I never lie there was something that I, I sent a text message to someone in an attempt to have something done like I wanted I wanted something right and I decided to phrase it in a way there were there were a couple there were probably three truths about why I wanted this thing because I wanted someone else whose feelings I think I have control over to feel good. So I was asking a favor of someone to do something that would make a friend of mine feel good. Right. So that was number one. Make this person who kind of seems to be annoyed with me feel better. Number two, I think it is the right thing to do what I'm asking for. And number three, um, I have insecurities that the person I was asking for this thing from um, has problems with the person I'm asking them to do it for. So I'm trying to make them like this person more by like so many, th so many motives going on in my head. But before the text message I sent, you would have thought I had one motive, which was just, um, I just want people to feel good. And th there's nothing self-serving about this, but it was totally self-serving. I had so many it was very layered and because I wasn't honest and just asked for what I wanted and because I felt like the person I was asking for it from um, needed to be served this request with kid gloves because I was so scared of this person's response, them, them taking it the wrong way. Guess what? I gave them a bunch of bullshit around it of why I wanted this favor and it didn't need that bullshit. All I needed to do was ask for the favor. It didn't need to be like, like I always tell you guys, if you don't want to go to a party and your friend and you have to cancel because you're anxious or because your stomach hurts or because you just don't want to go, you can just say, I can't make it. And you don't need to give up a reason. You don't need to make up a fake reason. Now, although my reasoning behind this text were all true, the real truth was not what I, I, I was manipulating. I was trying to send this text to get what I wanted where that person wouldn't be mad at me. And guess who got mad at me? That person, because they sensed it was bullshit and like, and they took it the wrong way. So I was like, it led to a huge misunderstanding, a, a lot of drama, uh, a week of pain and strife and us, me and this person not talking because we were both mad at each other. Then we get on the phone yesterday. I understand their side of things, how they read the text. I 
I understood, oh my God, I sent that text that I thought was innocuous. Why are you mad at me about that? Because it was laced with bullshit. I was I, I wasn't being authentic, even though I thought I was being it. Now, what is that? Where do I get the good out of that? Now I can look at how I text this person who I have a lot of anxiety about texting them because I feel like they're going to get mad at me. I feel like I can control how they perceive it. All I need to do is just be honest with this person. And like when I ask for things, not have a million caveats. And that way, when they get mad at me, they're mad about something that's true and that I can defend because it was true. As opposed to now he's mad at me for something that wasn't even true. And I go, well, I was you, you ever me and me and Rachel used to say this thing, Noah, about, um, you know, Esty, the woman at the Comedy Cellar. Mm -hmm. She runs. We're all scared of her, even though she's a lovely woman. But she just like decides the lineups and getting a set at the Comedy Cellar. It means everything to a comic, even like Chris Rock kind of gets nervous around Esty. And I'm, and I'm just saying that as an example. I don't know that to be true, but. It's just you, people that you would never, you would go, you care what Esty thinks about you? And they're like shaking in their boots. Like, I think Esty's mad at me tonight. And it's like, no, she just, you know, got someone cut her off in traffic on the way here. And she's like kind of annoyed by that. And it's nothing about you. Um, however, Rachel and I always say that like when in our people pleasing days, we used to sit at that table with Esty and nervously at the comedy cellar. And if Esty would be like, oh, you know, I, I, I watched, um, I watched that uh, Bachelorette last night. I saw the finale of the Bachelorette. We would try to have the opinion that we thought Esty was going to have, no matter how we felt about it. So I would go, oh, I hate her. Just because I would think like Esty would hate her, even if I don't hate her, right? So then I go, I, oh, isn't she the worst? And Esty would go, no, I like her. And I go, oh, now I've... I actually like her too. We could have had a good conversation, but now I've just, tr have you ever done that, Noah, where you try to oh, like give someone? Oh, pleasing. Yeah. And then you're stuck in this opinion that you don't even have. And then Esty's uh. like, why do you hate her? And I'm like, I don't. And it's more embarrassing for me to admit that I tried to people please. So I'm just going to pretend like I do and come up with a b bunch of more lies. Um, that is, but we... I, I still find myself doing that. But the benefit now, and I said to this person, because I go, I'm sorry for, I just wish I would have been honest. And I was starting to beat myself up. Like, why do I still do this? Why am I still scared of you and your response? And the person was really good about being like, because I've conditioned you to be that way by my behavior in the past that I'm working on. Like, I haven't made you feel safe to be yourself around me. And I'm working on that. And I was like, fuck, yes, I love someone who can see their side of the street, even if I'm the one in the wrong. And I was able to see my side. And I go, you know what? I'm so glad this happened because uh, it's going to make me more aware now when I send texts of what am I trying to get out of this? Why am I doing this? Is, is it, is, am I really being authentic? Today I had an opinion about something um, and I knew that I would probably need to talk to this person. It wasn't a, it was not confrontational, but it was like, a touchy subject and um I wrote a, I, I wrote a whole text message and I was like this person doesn't need to receive this big block of text right now I knew the person was like busy with something and I'm like I'm gonna see this person later I can just talk to this person about it then and so I was like I had decided like just finished your thought and then copy and copy and then paste this in your notes and then if you want to send it later send it but just sit on it of course, I accidentally pressed send. <gasps> so I wrote, please don't read it. Please don't read this now. It was meant to send later. And the person really appreciated it, actually, because, man, I had the best morning already. 
because the person I was I was I was telling a person that I was worried about another person in their life being maybe having signs of depression that they weren't that I was picking up on as someone who suffered with it. And um, they were just exhibiting signs of depression that I've noticed just uh, like that. They don't even notice that they're giving out that I just wanted to flag for this person who is a friend is close to this person. And I go, it's none of my business, actually. Like, I don't need, I'm probably projecting. And he goes, actually, this is important because as I've learned, like, no one, you know, when he goes, the Joe Rogan thing, remember when you sent out that tweet about wanting to shave your head and no one, t- it was a cry for help, You, but you were too scared to actually cry for help. So you put out a joke and only one person picked up on you being in pain and that he reached out to you. That. It takes that one person, the bystander effect, Kitty Genovese. Like, you think everyone else is doing it. Um, you know, Noah, I don't know. How are you with, um, like, when when you have friends who are, who are, who lost someone close to them, are grieving, are going through something that maybe you haven't been through before? I'd, have you lost uh, someone, like, have you suffered, like, a, a tragic death or a loss in your life? Uh, and, I, and I'm not... And, it, you know, Bruno, your dog, even comes yeah. to mind for me is like, I wasn't there for you in the way that I would want to be there for a best friend for your the death of Bruno. We had and it wasn't because I didn't com- care, but it was because I felt I I would like to have been better. But I feel so, I've talked about this before, I really don't handle death well. And I Same. sometimes abandon friends um, when they are dealing with it. And if someone, a friend did that to me, if I lost my father or my dog or... Uh, an, an earring I really liked. Um, I would feel like mad at that friend, even though I do the same thing. Um, do you tell me? Tell me about your experience with like comforting people through. Grief. Well, hold on a second. I just want to go back and say uh, we had a very like meaningful and like touching conversation um, after Bruno passed away, which I think about all the time. <laughs> and I want to say that. You once upon a time gave me really good advice about um I told you that like a friend of mine invited me to her bridal shower that was out in Long Island and it was like this whole big thing to get there and it was ca- it was creating me more stress to go than to not go and you told me look she's still going to have a great time that day whether you're there or not it's not it's not your day it's not about you being there whether or not the the party is great so just let her know that you can't go. And I did and everything was just fine. I felt better. She, I threw pictures. I saw she, that she had a great time. And I think that also applies to when a person is mourning. And when I was going through Bruno's death, which is not really like this big tragic death. I have a, a friend who lost her mother in a very tragic way. Um, but I wasn't thinking about, I can't believe that my friends are not here to comfort me. I was just like in this like vortex and it was like my own world but any little thing that someone gave me like any morsel of um just like acknowledgement felt great so i so i think um, good i'm glad to to hear that that a conversation we had because i do remember having a conversation with you but it it i think it was long after i had first thought to reach out to you about it and i think i am 
And, you know, like when you comforted me that time in Cayman Islands when I called you, like I kind of forgot about that, too. You know, like I but it was but it happened like you were sometimes the like you're not even aware of when you've helped out or when you've received help. Like I'm not my the story I'm telling myself might not be the story that other people are experiencing. Yeah. And I don't know. I just often feel like with you, especially like. I you're someone who I feel has been a better friend to me than I've been to you in terms of like I have no expectation I like I I know and I know you don't friends you and I never have like that's the other thing I never feel like I've I've come short like I know you'll ask for what you need from me and that's what I want for all my friends is like hey if if I bum you out and I'm not there for you in a way will you let me know and that's a lot to ask of other people like you should try to but I will say that with Norm's passing, I have a couple friends who are very close to him, very close to him. And, and um, one friend in particular who is maybe was the closest to him, who is not someone I'm extremely close to. I mean, I looked at our I pulled up, uh, you know, his name to text him and I hadn't texted him since December. And before that, it had been maybe a year and a half. Like it's, and and I only texted him because we were meeting up with friends, and I didn't know where to go, and I knew he was going to be there. Like it wasn't, it, we don't talk, you know. But we're friendly when we see each other. And I was like, this person is a part of many clips that are circulating right now. He's probably getting bombarded by support and condolences and all of that, but. You know, and and, is, and and I could let myself off the hook for this one. Even even Spade, like I know Spade was friends with Norm and I think I, I wanted to write him right away when I found out, but I waited a day and I just sent like a voice memo of like, I'm thinking of you. Like it's uncomfortable for me to like be that sincere and like, I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm thinking of you. Um, I'm here, that kind of stuff. But I wrote to this person that is probably closer to Norm than anyone that I knew of. And um, this morning I just uh, wrote and was like, I just thought about what maybe I would want to hear. I tried to like golden rule it for myself. And I also thought like all these clips I'm watching, whenever Norm is in a clip with this person, there seems to be like an energy to Norm that's like, he just seems happy and comfortable. And I was like, wow, I'm really grateful for for this person to have been in Norm's life. And so I just was like, I just wrote him like a thank you of like, thank you for bringing the best out in this person in the years that he knew you, the last years of his life that he was close to you. Like, thanks for making this icon that we all loved feel so, be the best version of himself. And honestly, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be crazy to think that you prolonged his life because- you know, surrounding yourself with people that make you happy and feel free definitely helps your health. And this person's obviously going through it. And I just said, you know, send me a voice memo whenever you want to like dump your feelings. I go, I, w- I don't even need to respond to it. You can tell me, don't write back. Like sometimes That's we so want to nice. cry and we don't want anything. We don't want it to be acknowledged like what we just said because it's so vulnerable. And also I go voice me- messages like disappear. Like if you ever want to just like spill it. And I just... I don't know. I feel like that's such a sign of growth for me to be able to do that for people who, you know, I, I'm I'm just a different person now, like th- that it wasn't hard for me to do that. It wasn't easy, but it wasn't impossible. And I've really let down other people in my life before when they've lost people close to them. 
because I feel like honestly, like if I give a little bit, they're going to need me to stay over the night and hold them. And like, it's going to disrupt my life. And it's like, if it does, guess what? I can say no and go, what else can I do for you that is within my doing? Like I can have boundaries around people that are grieving. And I feel like I, I get scared that I won't be able to. I also just want to say before we bring Andrew in, I just had a voice lesson, my first voice lesson. And I probably sang for like two minutes of the entire voice lesson. It was an hour. I met a new best friend. She is incredible. I talked so much about why I got, why, first of all, I walk in and her voice is like ASMR. Like, like I was like soothed her. She had a sweet little cat that came up and like instantly wanted to touch me. And I was just like, I feel very comfortable with this woman. And I just told her like, what I needed in terms of a voice teacher. I don't want to know about the logistics of like the vocal cords slapped together and the air goes right. through here, like the diaphragm. I get the science and we can get there. But for me, it's going to be very mindful. And like, imagine your head is a balloon. Like I like visualization techniques. She let me close my eyes when I sang because it's really, it's embarrassing to sing, especially when you're like, ah, like your voice is like cracking and she's like, just let it crack. That's like part of it. This is calisthenics. Like, you're going to, if you're doing aerobics, you're going to trip sometimes. Like it's, that's going to be that. And, but then we just got to start to talk about like why, what, like when I get nervous talking to someone, if I ever grab my throat, it's because I'm like, I don't want to say, like, I'm really scared about what I'm about to say and I'm trying to hold it in. And like when I grab my chest, it's because I'm like, I've just noticed these cues for myself. Sometimes I grab my chest when I'm like really feeling someone like I'm just emotionally connected to someone and open. And then when I grab my throat, I am so closed off. And we just got into like the somatics of things. And she's like a, a Reiki, Reiki healer. This woman is incredible. And like we ended the session being like, I am so grateful to meet you. And we like had a huge embrace. And I was just like, new best friend, NBF. She's going to... You know, she allowed me, she, she was like, I'm comfortable being on camera. I'm like, well, the cameras that are about to fill, follow me around are going to follow me to your place a lot. Because she goes, some of our sessions we can do Reiki instead. I go, a Reiki. And I go, no, we're adding on sessions. I want to be around you a lot. You're so calming and I feel so peaceful. Let's get Andrew in here and uh, and crank up the anxiety. JK, he makes me feel great too. Andrew! Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. 
At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett-Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up, Andrew? Yo. Sup? Uh, I'm wearing sunglasses today because, I don't know, I don't feel like putting eye on eyeliner yet. I didn't get a chance to. I love the shades. Thanks. Those, those... I left my makeup in fucking, uh, where are we, Charlotte? You look very Machine Gun Kelly. Like, pink. Thank you. He loves pink. You know what? Whatever daddy tells me to wear. That's what <laughs> Megan Fox said on the red carpet. Did you see that? No. Is that They're like, you... you look amazing tonight. She's like, I just wear whatever daddy says to wear. And then he was like kind of embarrassed and like kisses her cheek. And the woman's like, now, like, you know, you're so talented too, Megan. Like my bloody Valentine. She was in like the video for my bloody Valentine. And they're like, are we going to see you in any more videos? And she was like, yeah, I I, I would imagine so. Because I'm not going to let any ho- ho- like video hoes be next to him. <laughs> and I was just like, 
this is doomed because he's he's a musician who makes music videos, so no women are ever allowed to be in nope. a video with him ever or again. Or go to their concert. No women in the audience. No. Women. I remember you asked me yesterday: Are they in an open thing? Does that does that cover it for you, buddy? You go. Maybe they're open. I go. No, she is not someone that will share that man, and and rightfully so. But um, I just loved her saying no. No. I think he'll break up with her if I have to guess within a year. That's what I'm guessing. Mm. Not to be a pessimist, I just I he seems like. He's he goes through a lot of stages, whether it's his music career. Are you projecting? No, not at all. Of like different things he tries? Yeah. You try a lot of different things too. Well, yeah. I mean, I could have something in common with the, the gunner. The gunner. <laughs> oh my God. Spade sent me a picture of a guy that looked like him today and goes, squirt gun Kelly. <laughs> it's like a low rent version. I liked it. Yeah, he's the gunner. He, yeah. got, he got you in the scope. I mean, I've been, I watched, I tried, I, I want to show him. you his documentary. He like, so he did what? this thing called Kelly Vision on YouTube where there were vlogs. But I'm talking, it went back eight years ago. Like, you could see him like sleeping on a couch, like literally doing his first shows for like nine people. He, he is a genius. Yeah. I don't I toss so. that word. Well, I do toss it around, but like he is <laughs> truly. Um, you think you toss that around a lot? You know, I think we all do. Yeah. Genius, it's like, is he going to get us to space? Is he going get, <laughs> to get us landing on Mars? No. But musical genius, I do think he's up there with um, with the greats. I, and, you know, I don't know. He's just so... Um, so much wasted talent. Huh? How many geniuses do you think out there that probably could have cured cancer, but instead they, like, I don't know, are a good mechanic? You know mm, what I mean? Like, because they just didn't have the right school. Because they have the right parents that yeah. guided them in the right direction. I mean... You know, I think everything happens for a reason. I went to my voice lesson today and I was talking to her about how like I got like I wanted to be a singer songwriter. But, you know, that one time my mom got a call like I think she called my singing teacher to find out like, does Nikki got it? Like, are we wasting our money? Are we dealing with a genius here? Yeah, exactly. Like, is she, is, she, is she a prodigy or not? <laughs> and the answer was no, because most people aren't. You know, it's like it you. But How much were singing lessons? Maybe it was a money, a financial issue back then. I mean, I'm sure my mom didn't like shell out 20 bucks for an hour or whatever it was back yeah. in 1999, 2001 area. But, um, you know, those pre-9-11 pre prices. Um, but yeah, it was more about driving to Chesterfield every Saturday or Sunday morning. Like, I remember that yeah. was... And, so, you know, like not wanting your daughter to be embarrassing and to like know and to be more self-aware, like stop pursuing this thing that you ain't got, bitch. What What is your mom? Because you I remember you brought it up at that show. It was so funny when you were talking about it. Have, has she ever been like you're you're misconstruing the history of this or. The, and what does she say? That one she doesn't remember. Oh, so. Please the fifth. Yeah, I think she doesn't remember, but I, I remember specifically she, you know, back then you didn't know, it wasn't even an option to be a singer-songwriter. Like, what was that? I didn't know how to play an instrument, so what am I, how am I going to be a songwriter? Like, even though that's what I wanted to be. And I think that the goal then was just a cappella choir. That's why I got into yeah. it, was to become a better second alto. And then also musical theater. And yeah, I don't have a good voice for either of those things. Like, I have a good but neither yeah, does Bob Tom Dill, Waits, yeah, neither yeah. does Eddie Vedder, neither does a lot. I mean, I can't think of like women that have like different voices, but like Anya might not be great on, on Broadway, but her voice is perfect for the mm -hmm. kind of, and I don't even like Broadway. 
I do like talking like this, and I can and I will. Because you're a star and a genius. <laughs> but you know, I that was the only that was the goal. So I think that when we we when she realized like I wasn't gonna be a great Broadway singer, it was like my daughter needs to make money someday. Like I want my daughter to be successful. This ain't it. Let's focus on something else. Where be do you an think English that teacher. hobby went to? Like. So you couldn't, so you didn't sing. So yeah, what about you with b- football? Same that's thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, yeah, but I think it was, a, my dad didn't want me to play in football because I was so small. He thought I'd get hurt. Mm. Um, but I mean, it wasn't really like, you know, with soccer, with traveling soccer, parents have to like sacrifice so much yes. by taking their kids. Like, you know, some of these kids play like 65 games in a year. You know what I mean? Like, it's wild now. And Taylor Swift's parents had to move to Nashville because they believed in her. Well, she put, you know, they, <clears throat> she had enough, she wrote songs and sang and like. Your mom wouldn't <laughs> drive to Chesterfield. Her but parents moved nine states. I wasn't dedicated states. enough. And you know, some some parents moved to Hollywood for their kids. Yeah. And, and some of them are doing it because their kids want it. Some are doing it because they want it. Or but they just have a cocaine problem and it's better in Hollywood. <laughs> like, like I like, it was for the kid. Yeah. It was for the kid. I it's mean, like, you weren't really there for the kid. You were just. So you have to have that perfect mixture of like the kind of supportive parent that even allows you to even have access to the football yeah. like program or the swimming program like all these people have parents that have either expendable money mm-hmm. or um or they have so so much show so much promise early on that someone invests in them to finance these kind of dreams well that's the thing it's like we we you know my nephew it, uh is good at jujitsu he's been doing it a lot lately like yeah. he's unreal but then with hockey he didn't play hockey for like a year and a half and he's only like seven or eight and my brother brought him to like these tryouts and he was by far like not even close to the like it was noticeable because in hockey it really shows like if you can't skate as good it's really and it was so hard for him to be like well i'm good in this one thing but but then also he's seven or eight like do you give up on him because he's so far behind right now like i think you when just do parents go, become no you don't give up you do you go first of all you don't want to put your kid into anything i don't think that they don't want to do. Yes. And I know that some kids are like, I don't want to go to swim practice. And it's like, okay, well, do you want to be great at this? Do you like, do you, yeah. that, then there's certain things you're going to have to do. But if the kid is like, I hate swimming, I hate hockey, whatever, then no. But if they, and even if they're not good at it and they still enjoy it, let I them know. do it. But I think it's really about, it's hard but then to we see might not that, have though, any right? violin players because what kid really wants to play the violin? <laughs> I think but I mean, there's probably some. Eight, um, kids uh, start. I, I think at age eight, kids start to feel embarrassment. Also, right. That's what yeah, I would be worried about. That's what I'd be worried about if he was at like the practice <laughs> and he was by far the worst or something. You know, like being able to rationalize. Well, I'm good at this because I do this a lot. I haven't done this a lot, but I should. I would be as give good. examples of people that they admire, maybe even themselves. Like I, as a parent, I would say, "Well, let me tell you, like the thing that mommy is best at." She was really bad at, and I embarrassed myself so many times. And look at all these other people. Watch, um, you know, watch, watch Miss Michelle Williams fall on the catwalk. She's in. De- she was in Destiny's Child, though, and she said, "Prosperity." <laughs> like I would show embarrassing moments of people that made it to defray that. I yeah, guess that would yeah. be what my approach if someone was really embarrassed. I mean, there's so many or athletes was- that aren't great until they go through puberty, and like, I mean. I know this for an example. Like I was freshman year from co- in college versus senior year in high school. I was thirty percent stronger. It's when you go through puberty, 
Like, so to like deny your kids. So when you were singing, maybe your voice when you hit puberty started to become even better and you had more confidence. So it's like, I don't know. It's just like parents need to have. I wasn't ready for it. I'm learning like through this. I went to the session today. I was just telling Noah. Yeah. How'd it go? I walked in. Same person that you've done before? No. Oh. New lady. How did you find this lady? Um, through a, uh, I just Googled singing, like guitar singing lessons. Yeah. And um, I wanted to find someone who could do both, but they couldn't find anyone locally. So, and they're throughout the whole country. I'll, I'll, I don't remember. I just called a hotline and I thought it was local because Google, I don't really know. Massage so envy for singing. School. Yeah, I called a guy and he's in Texas and he's his name was Noah, oddly enough. And oh. I was like, explain my situation. And he's like, I go, I do comedy. Like, I. Oh, this is on FaceTime. No, this is on. Um, no, I went to her place, but I, oh, this is the dispatcher okay. who oh. finds you people. So they're ever on a rotary this, this company. Phone. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This he's like, let me connect you. Yeah, he's putting in like those. Let cords. me give them a shout out because they really did find great teachers for me, and maybe teachers who are looking for work and placement can look at it. But um, I got Dolores in South Taylor County. Robinson music. Taylor Robinson music. So I called this guy thinking that exactly Dolores in South County. So he, um, I'm talking to him on the phone. His name's Noah, and I was like, you know, I'm a comedian, but I'm trying to like transition to singing songwriting. I don't know what I'm doing. Da da da. And he's like, oh, I, I'm actually just giving comedy a try. I'm I'm usually a musician. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I go. I'm actually a famous comedian, Nikki Glazer, and he's like, "Oh my god!" Well, all right. Well, yeah, I've watched a ton of your stuff, and then he was like talking about like, and he wasn't that impressed, which was cool, but he was just like, "Okay, cool, all right, well, we'll help you out." And um, and he placed me with this woman um down the ways. I got to go to a part of St. Louis I've never been to before that was so cute, and just like on the other side of Kings Highway, it's called like I forget what she said it was called, but. I walked in and I told Noah instantly, like her voice is ASMR. Her like house was dimly lit. She had a really sweet cat that just came right up to me. <laughs> there was just an energy about this girl that like, I was just like, I love this. And I just felt comfortable in sharing my experience of what led me there and like the ups and downs and like, and then pretty soon, you know, we, we talked the entire time. Like there was no singing. There was a little bit of singing, but like not much because we just both ended up sharing like, struggles in our life and how um and how we found things later in life like we found out who we really were later in life when we thought along the way we had like found it or and we had tried to escape it and like we have a very similar story i don't think either of us ever thought that we would get in within an hour to the places we went emotionally like (laughs) she almost started crying at one point i was almost crying at one point at the end of it we like hugged and we're just like I like love you. Like I, this is like, it felt like, uh, you know, the universe worked some magic to put these two people together that I, I was like, she, she's just, she's like a healer. She's an energy. She does Reiki, you know, in sound healing. And I go, I've only done sound healing, like on reality shows where it's like, isn't this weird? Let's make fun of it. And so I was like, I'm dying to do those sessions. So we just like, it was like therapeutic and mm. her, I can't, I, I, you know, I'll ask her permission at some point to share some of the things I learned about her, but I like, she's just some, I'm going to be able to get close to someone who has a story that I am very excited to like unwrap because it's like, um, you know, it's just a, it's, I've never met anyone mm-hmm. who's uh, had uh, like enough intimacy with someone to really ask about the process that they have gone through to like be who they are. And like, I just feel like I finally have that kind of friend who, um, can like make me empathize with a, a type of person or a, a like that I've I've always wanted to empathize with those with a human with that's been through that experience, but I've always been almost scared to engage because I'm like, 
they don't want to be friends with me and I don't really they probably look at me like I don't like I you know it's just when I there's I always have I'm always I was talking also about like reaching out to friends of norm to like comfort them or to like offer my support and like I just feel like because I haven't suffered deep loss or I haven't been through the same kind of trauma or even anything close to it that they don't want to hear me ask questions that my questions are almost going to seem um either like I can't relate or like voyeuristic like wait tell me what it's like to do that or like and I never want I just but the truth is like they can tell me that they can have boundaries and say hey I'd rather not share that like I can ask questions and not be like a bad person for well what do you want to find out like what are the like let me give an example like it it would be like if someone um grew up in like uh uh, an abusive household or no no like, no like um like uh in in palestine like a refu if i met yeah. a refugee now i feel like i can't i don't want to be friends with refugees because first of all i can't even fathom the experience of that and they they're gonna look at me like this privileged piece of shit that i'm also gonna feel like i also don't know anything about the conflict and where they came from and like don't know any of the history of it so i feel stupid about what they're going through i feel ignorant and i feel like yeah, they could teach me about it, but I should know by now. So I feel like I'll have to do research beforehand. I don't want to have to do, you know, like all those hangups I have about someone else's experience that keeps me from actually being friends with people who I deem like um, other, mm-hmm. you know, and, and other meaning like good or bad other. Like yeah. even like, you know, I was talking yesterday to the woman that I'm working with on writing my book about babysitting for the Apatows and being like, I felt like a fucking disgusting like hobo walking in their house and pulling my civic up to their yeah. beautiful gate. Like I felt like it might be like I would go through the gate and they'd be like, we sense a car from before 2005, please detonate. <laughs> like they would like just sense that I was dirty and like didn't yeah. belong in their world. And I feel that sometimes. Did you feel that though the more you got to know them? No, that, that's what I loved about that experience. Yeah, was like they I'm were saying, such a like, normal family. Yeah, I mean. Do you struggle with like comforting people when they've gone through loss? I. You know, it was so funny. I was lit. I was literally just listening to Bob Saget do a talk on YouTube about his relationship with Norm, and it was so touching. And I was like, "Should I write Bob Sag? Like, because we're, I guess, yes. we're friendly in a way. Yes. Should I write him on Instagram? Be like, "Hey, I just listened to your thing, and you know, uh, my thoughts are with you. Something yes. like that. Not a question. Totally. Just like." Oh, you're heard because who knows if anyone's writing him or whatever. And it just hit me it like. It might be the bystander effect. Everyone yeah, thinks that yeah, he's getting a bunch. Yeah. yeah. And I just. And do then it. I go, but then I go, I do have thoughts like, well, am I doing that for selfish reasons? Am I doing that because I then know, Bob will like then me you more? I question it. But, but I don't, I, I only, I question him like, I'm, I, I would say I'm 90 10. Like, I just want to, that it's not for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but to your point with the Palestinian thing and like being like, well, I don't have the same experience. What I've found, and you know, whether I'm in a bar, a shitty bar, sitting next to a guy that's a, a Vietnam vet who maybe lost ten friends and might be missing an eye, or if I'm sitting next to a rich guy who, they're all human at the end of the day, and you don't end up like even talking about those like really in depth things of like where you're from and like, no, you you just bond over. The Bachelorette. Just a connection. Yeah, something like that. Totally. But just like a connection, just a human connection. But what if they don't get The Bachelorette in Palestine? Then you talk about reruns of Garfield. Yeah, that's true. They probably it's got huge Garfield there. Yeah, yeah, it just came out. 
Um, <laughs> but you know what I lesson. mean? Like, like I just, think you should reach out to Bob, but also I always feel like, oh, they're going to feel like they have to get back to me. And so I always do the caveat of like, you don't even have to respond to this. I just want to let you know I'm thinking of you. And then like, boom, it yeah. like releases everything. So I think you should write him. Let's get to the news. The news, apparently. Here it comes. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Yo, folks, the weekend's coming up. You know what that means. Grab your suntan lotion, grab your alligator raft, because it might be the last weekend you could go into a pool because it's getting a little chillier out there. Oh, I love, you know what? When fall starts coming through, I go, the planet's still working. Like, it's a reminder (laughs) that climate change hasn't completely decimated any form of, like, but I heard that climate change that winters are going to get colder. But yeah, anyways, that's true. Yeah. I'm not, well, global warming is like the uh, misnomer. Okay. You know where it's like the, it sounds. It's not what it sounds like, but it is still a thing. And it just because it's global, people go, "Well, I'm freezing." There's no global Trump twenty twenty. It's like, but um, oh, and how no, about all the swells, by the way. Yeah, I don't want to forget. I don't know the crispness of fall coming through. It there, it gives me like a sense of peace that like okay, climate is still kind of reliable yeah. in ways because it's getting kind of unreliable. Okay, what's the first story? Uh, a man allegedly defecates in a grocery store freezer. Woman accidentally puts hand in it while reaching for pizza rolls. Was it frozen though? Oh, this is goes back to picking up dog poop and whether it's hardened or soft or your own dogs. I don't think it was frozen yet because it was so it just fresh. Done it. Yeah. Yeah, they got him on video shitting. <laughs> I mean, this guy. It's funny, freezer. but the woman was traumatized. She of goes, course. I was upset. I was disgusted. I feel like I was violated. Yeah. I was almost in tears. Oh, my God. I can't believe she wasn't in tears. I Th- mean, that, that is. That being said, this is a great diet program. You know what I mean? You're reaching for pizza rolls. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> true. And you just get a Watch handful out for- of shit. <laughs> Yeah, I wish they shit on my fingernails so I don't eat them. I bet the nutritional, uh, you know, contents of that shit was probably more beneficial than what was in those pizza rolls. I mean, that is honestly so disgusting, and and shit is a huge violation. It is just so, so bad, toxic, Ugh. and so um, it's so funny that we carry around something inside our bodies, each and every one of us, <laughs> that is mere just folds of skin away from the outside world that would cause someone to shriek in horror if they touched it or came into contact with it. You know, isn't that interesting? It's so funny. It's like, it's just so funny to think when we're I just drop, computers. It's like our trap. Like, oh, you got to take out these files, but these like, shitty files. I, I know I always say it, but poop is so weird that like when you take a huge shit or yeah. like, let's say that's one that you don't even see coming and it just... You go, oh my God, I was just in Lululemon with that. Like, I feel like I was smuggling. Yeah, yeah. Like, that poop was in Lululemon. Like, or some, like, I went on a date and I had that poop in me. It's I think so about gross. I think about the same thing with just organs. I feel the same way. Like, mm. right now, we have, like, a liver in it, like, this just floating. Just, like, this <laughs> and blood in us. Like, like it's so tubes. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. It um, is. Also, bags of blood and poop. <laughs> it's so funny. And bones. That unless you're a woman once a month and then that blood oh, gets away <laughs> from you because it doesn't even want to be near you. Uh, edge notes. Um, edge notes. So uh, what was also great about this is they were driving back home and she cleaned off the poop and her kids kept going, we still smell it. We still it. smell it. We still oh, smell God. it. And she's like, I'm trying. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And, you know, be- it becomes a phantom smelly. But she's going to be haunted by that oh. for a while because smell is a cognitive thing, as we've learned with COVID. Like, your brain, something in the brain happens that makes you lose your sense of smell. It's not 
directly related to like your nose. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's cognitive. I mean, it's like I do that when I first move into a new place. A lot of there's so much anxiety when I usually move that I can't stop smelling something that makes me go, I need to leave. This is just this place has a something dead in the walls or the person who lived here before. Like it's a scapegoat to not move in there. It just because I'm so anxious about living there and I so don't I'm scared mm-hmm. that I will invent something. It happened I've now recognized it because it's like it can't and then it eventually goes away. So I don't get used to it. Other people can't smell it. And I'm not someone who's like very fine-tuned to smells where I go, something smells. I need to get like I have friends that are like Mm, I don't like like I don't care about perfumes yeah. and stuff. I'm not that, but there will be a stench that is so powerful that um. And it's connected to your brain. You think you don't? It's connected think it's to my you. dislike of the situation, and it man, it just like I invent it. It's like a, a phantom smell. And then you're like, oh wait, no, I picked up dog shit with my hands. That's what it was. Yeah, I That's, mean, <laughs> like I that like, poor woman. It I, is assault. Shit is assault. Smell is weird like that because like I remember. Uh, there's a place in Florida where they burn sugar cane and it's like the strongest stench ever. And we used to play football and it'd be the most ominous thing ever. You get off the bus and you smell it. Mm. And it's like, oh my God, we're going to get killed out. We're in the middle of like a sugar cane field. And then 20 minutes later. I bet that would have been good had you had a lot of victories there. Yeah. Yeah. But the team was really good. That yeah. happened to listen. So there. you were scared. So you like, <laughs> smells wild that it can bring you back. I mean, it is, I think it's one of. But it went away though. What I was saying, like in 20 minutes. You don't even smell anymore. Well, it smells our, interesting. That's yeah. our evolution. That's um. I, I learned that in my psychology class in, at Boulder. It was one of the only things I gleaned <laughs> from. But it's really fascinating. The reason you get used to smells is because smell helps you determine if something's like bad. You, can't, uh, yeah, you don't want to eat yeah. it or it's like a threat to your survival. So if you would have a bad smell and you had time to go, okay, that's a bad smell. I know about it. You need to be find you need to be able to smell other smells so your body just becomes wow. lets you off the hook for that and it's the same reason why if you look at your eyes closely your eyes are always moving very rapidly back and forth like they're always twitching like this and they're never steady because if they are steady which they've been able to make vision steady it completely goes blind because just for the same reason oh. you need to know other things that are coming in new so if something a bird flew you would see that but the static image that you're looking at that's why your eyes are completely always twitching is to so keep more is happening your so eyes you will don't be have twitching more um no 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 actually if it's more stagnant i would think that the your eyes would be twitching more to reorient to go okay re up this like keep it going Whoa. it's really fascinating i love that let's next story God, the human body. You should do one of these stories as the edge and respond to it, if you want. Yeah, I'm down. The Maybe next why one is care? a really good one. Okay, Edge, uh, give us the next story, Edge. This is our uh, <laughs> new character not, that Andrew does. Um, it's an edgy comedian. <laughs> Yo, you're going to like this. Oh, shit. What, what's yeah. up? <laughs> I am? Yo, this article's wild. All right, so a Hollywood-enthused attorney was arrested. Oh, wait, okay. wait, wait, hold on. Go, go back. Oh, wait. Yo. A Hollywood-enthused? Wait, I'm sorry. I, Hollywood is not supposed to be in there. Oh, wait. oh, I'm sorry. Halloween. Uh, yeah, Halloween. <laughs> yeah, fucking can't read, bro. That's that you private can't. school education that I got that I was overpaid for that I didn't study that much. Yeah. All right. So anyway, <laughs> but that wasn't your fault, was it? Never my fault. Yeah. Okay. If any- so what? What is the actual headline? <laughs> so a Halloween, <laughs> Halloween enthused attorney was arrested after. Wait, I still don't know what you're saying. Halloween enthused. Lady, yes. what are you doing? Enthused, like a Halloween dash enthused attorney. A, yes. a, an attorney who a, a really likes Halloween. Halloween. Who's an attorney? Yeah, woman. 
Yeah. Ah, it's I'm like sorry, talking that... to a rock with hair. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, man, Jesus. Uh, I'm just how... glad you acknowledge that I have good hair. I didn't say it was good, lady. Oh, stop calling me lady. <laughs> okay, okay, bitch. <laughs> I honestly would prefer that. It makes me feel younger than lady. Okay, miss. Okay, so a Halloween enthused attorney was arrested after he took a stroll down a beach dressed as the slasher movie villain Michael Myers, complete with a fake blood-covered knife. Okay. He turned to his cosplay humor when Hurricane Nicholas shut down court. I don't like the edge reading. I feel like I, I don't even like Andrew reading, but the edge really suffers. Uh, so basically, like, uh, here, I'll... We're losing all intonation that would clue me into what, like what the, the hell story you're saying. Is. Yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing a, a guy that's a lawyer that's separate from the story. He is a lawyer, though. That's his profession. He's walking down the beach dressed as Michael Myers with a blood soaked knife. Why? Because there to was a right hurricane like, and the courts oh. were closed for the day. So he just wanted to entertain himself. And he himself. ended up getting arrested. Good. Why can't a man. <laughs> okay, yeah. just hear me out. I'm, I'm listening. This is why California sucks. This is why everyone's moving out of California. Yeah. That's why I moved to Texas. Yeah. Well, you can't carry a fucking bloody knife on a beach. I mean, I, I think it's just like it, it would seem like that guy has murdered someone and he's, he's trying to scare that's people. The, that's the problem. Everyone's a fucking snowflake. You can't fuck. <laughs> I, I don't want to say it. I, I mean, I feel like you should. No, I'm just saying like, oh, victim blaming all this shit. Like, it's like, oh, 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 they, the, them, you know, well, I don't think this has to do with like, you know, people who would want to be referred to different pronouns. This is about why this guy, guy can't get referred to as uh, Mike Myers. Well, it's not Halloween yet. So it's just out of context. And it's just like, that's just scary. You wouldn't be, tell me, Edge, you wouldn't be scared hmm. if you're on the beach with your girl taking some pictures girls girl, with your girls. And you saw a guy, you don't think they would freak out if they saw a guy dressed as Michael Myers with a blood-soaked knife First of coming all, at them, walking down the beach, having like a... a I, and I know Michael Myers does enjoy long walks on the beach. Yeah. He's a romantic, <laughs> but... Uh-huh, that's how he gets up his strength. You don't think that... You, don't you think walk that in the, sand instead of the street, your leg muscles get stronger. You become stronger, your leg kicks are better, UFC is number one. Okay, I get that. That not aside... To be on, not yeah. to be on Edge's team, but... It was during Thank a hurricane. You. There was no one on the beach. And something funny from the article was... He was wearing a mask. He was wearing a mask. And uh, <laughs> someone had called the cops on him. And when the cops arrived, he was trying to like keep the gimmick going until they like pulled their weapons out on him. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't understand doing this for yourself, though. Like, uh, this... It is weird. What... what what it, you definitely aren't that's good you're doing something good yes. because someone did see him enough to call the cops like he didn't go out in in hurricane like a, 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 a like you know f hurricane like five force winds whatever like he went out when it was like don't go on the beach yeah but like he got seen he knew he was gonna get seen this guy is so oh my god it reminds me of a i don't know i love it for Reddit. a good idea for a new movie though think about it okay halloween hurricane hurricane verse Mike you know, Myers. when you tell me to think about it before you say yeah, something, yeah. when you do that, it uh -huh. really works on me because- Then you I, think? Because no, even if I don't think about it, I know that what you're about, you're telling me that what you're about to say requires me to be smart. Yeah. And I want to be smart. Uh -huh. So I'll just think you're smart and like I will want to prove to you I'm smart. So when you say that, it actually, it's almost like a device you've created in order to get your dumb audience to think they're smarter than they are. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Well, think about it. We'll be right back with uh, Sports Moment of the Week.
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother— All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get to it. It's Andrew's Weekly Sports Moment. Here's Andrew's Weekly Sports Moment. Oh, man. It sounds like you almost want to do it twice a week with that enthusiasm. (laughs) All right. Olympic gymnasts testify in front of U.S. Senate about the pathetic lack of response to Larry Nassar's reign of terror. I saw this alert come up and I didn't read it, but Simone Biles' name came up. This poor girl having these all these poor girls having to relive this for so many years after they already have done testimony like. So what what are they upset about? I mean, obviously because because reports there were so many fucking reports about this guy. Yeah, and, and, and they did they nothing. ignored it. Yeah, they ignored it. Starting nineteen ninety nine, and he was in prison in twenty seventeen. Uh, it's this guy got away. It's so interesting to watch Athlete A that um, Netflix documentary. I didn't even finish it because it was just so upsetting. But um, they the the way this guy worked was that the the coaches were so mean. Which which I'm sorry, which documentary is? Uh, it's called Athlete A. Okay, it's on Netflix. It's about the uh, you know gymnasts and and and, okay. and this guy. A, a lot of it. I don't know if it's all about him, but it's just about the abuse these women incur from their coaches. So mean these coaches, just cruel. Make them feel fat. Make them feel like failures. Constant constant ridicule and criticism. And honestly, this guy who would then abuse them, this doctor was actually the only person who would be kind to them around the abuse, you know, like, so Mm. a lot of abuse victims, from what I understand, they get so confused about the abuse because there's something comforting about it, especially when you're living in a world where you're abused so egregiously and like so obviously where you're being called fat and like yelled at. Anyone would go, that's abuse. But then this guy is nice to you. He's a and doctor. Make, and listens to you. And and uh, like he would be very nurturing. Like he was kind. Like they said he was actually kind and he would kind of make them feel good about the things that the coaches would yell at them about. And he would kind of make them feel like, don't listen to them. Like he would yeah. be someone that they could talk to and they would almost look forward to these sessions. But then they were also getting fingered during yeah. these and violated. But they were so abused on the other side of it that they almost looked forward to this other type of abuse, which doesn't mean that they liked it or anything. And that's why these molesters are so fucking good because they make themselves indispensable in a, a child's life yeah. and, and offers them. Because a lot of molesters choose victims who come from broken homes that need um, comfort and a warm meal and a, a warm house or just a place to escape from the violence that they're dealing with every day or the uh, emotional abuse. And then they, they get, uh, then they get abused and they keep coming back. Not be, you know, a lot of kids choose to go back and, 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 
and it's 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 actually not a choice because why wouldn't you? It's the lesser of two evils, and it's just so disgusting. And um, this guy is just like, awful. Whatever that old tale of like a wolf in sheep's clothing, like the doctor jacket, the doc, the the feeling of like this is. Uh, obviously a brilliant man he's a doctor he's wearing a coat he has uh, lab results like and Never then it's like leave your oh. child alone with a doctor i know there are doctors out there but just be in the room with the doctor like i i'm sorry then I the just... other thing too is like uh um anyone's capable of this kind of shit i do feel like i think what happens is is then they go okay they complain about this doctor and then it's like well if we say the doctor is fucked up that doctor was hired by me and then that person goes, well, I'm not going to say anything. And then the person above them is like, well, I hired that person. And that's what happens with like these pro- when because everyone's ass is on the line because everyone has to go. If and this they know if this up. doctor is doing fucked up stuff. What about the fucked up stuff I'm doing as the coach abusing these women? If they're going to have a problem with this doctor um, who seems to be nice by all accounts from my perspective, if they have a problem with whatever he's doing, that nice Larry guy. Well, then I'm going to come under scrutiny for how I treat these women. It's like, and USA Gymnastics, they, they're they evil. And they they use these women, these old pieces of shit who could never do any of the things these women could do physically and and yelled at them and, and made them have amenorrhea where they didn't get their periods. They made them starve. They made them, you know, just the abuse these girls went through in order to be great and and with or without their parents even knowing what was going on and the pressure i mean gymnasts are always perfectionists and i really relate to that i just wasn't good at tumbling but i could have fallen into this as well and it's like though they should be furious at usa gymnastics because larry is his own evil but they and knew the FBI. they knew the whole fucking it's the time. same thing with the, the penn- fbi knew too it's the same thing yes. with the penn state stuff that's what they were saying. The like it, it, in their testimonies yesterday, they were just like, "We started reporting this uh, like almost twenty years before you guys did anything about it. It took the FBI. Like the, the FBI wouldn't even do follow up calls it's with so them. Or women, why do this? Is why women don't report rape or yeah. don't right. report abuse because no one fucking believes you. And even if they do, they don't do anything. So like, I actually went. I was with someone recently, and she was telling me about one of her um, her friend's young daughters reached out to her because she had been raped at a party by a guy that, um, you know, this girl uh, is a lesbian and just came out as a lesbian in high school. And there was a guy at the party that was like, I'll challenge you. And they were kind of like friendly and drinking and flirting and like lightly hooking up. And then it just turned into rape. Now this girl was drinking. She also kind of like got alone with the boy. She felt responsible for putting herself in that situation where he then held her down and raped her. And this girl couldn't go to her parents because she was too scared. She went to this person that I know. The person that I know said, I will do whatever you want to do, but I support either side because let me just let you know this, where you come from and the school district you're at and who this boy is and who his family is, this could ruin your life more than just keeping it secret. And you know what? As much as I wanted to say, no, that's the wrong thing to tell this girl. Have her report it. Wh- I mean, what evidence do I have that things go right? There's, there, it's, it's, yeah. it's so fucking sad for women. It just seems so easy. I have a friend that is one of the most outspoken badass bitches ever. And I've told this before. She went to a, a, a salon, got a massage at a reputable place. The guy put his finger in her asshole. And this girl is a girl that will be like, 
get into brawls and bars with girls that look at her the wrong way. Very confrontational, not scared to speak her mind. She was frozen in fear by this thumb going in her ass. Um, didn't do anything yeah. because she didn't know what to do and then didn't want to, I go, did you call the place and report the guy? No, I don't want to see him again. If I report him, I'll have to like go to court and see him. I don't want to ever associate, like I don't want to know about it. Yeah. Like, and it's just going to be my word against his because maybe it. he'll just say that it was slipped and I know it wasn't a slip, but it doesn't matter. It's like, the, it, it, it proved to me that even this friend that I would think is out of all my friends is the one that would stand up the first and foremost. Yeah. She didn't. So for me to even go, you have to, I don't fucking know what I would do. Yeah. And it's God just, damn. it's so broken. Let's all stand up for, for women. Let's get to fanthrax. And men, by the way, men can be abused as well. This is our weekly segment. Weird to where hear we that outside through. the bedroom, huh, Noah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, oh, Noah's you. fiance, Avi. Um, <sighs> uh, thank you so much for that soundbite, Avi. Um, let's get to Fanthrax, which is our weekly segment where we go through the voicemails. You leave us on our Instagram page. The link is in the bio to leave us a voice memo. I know some of you are scared to... Do that. You can always erase it. Or at the end of it, if you're like, oh, I don't like this, you can just say, don't don't use this one. And we'll we'll abide by that. And you can send us a DM also to be like, I sent something and I don't want it. Like, you're safe. So, leave, just, so take a chance and leave us a voice memo. And we won't make fun of you ever on them. Or at least we'll try not to. Let's get to them. But the edge, mate. <laughs> okay, here's a voicemail from Allie and Nat. Hey, Nikki. We're two besties living in Central West End and <laughs> St. Louis. And we listened to your podcast, and we're going to your show next weekend, and we're so excited about it. And we just had a question about dating for you. So we always listen to your podcast and get a lot of our dating advice and what we give to other people from your podcast. We always recommend it, too. Um, basically, our biggest problem is we put guys that we like or go on a date with on a pedestal. We have a lot of guy friends that we mm. have no issue just being like our normal selves, not caring about them, and then they end up developing feelings for us which is i mean it's just not who we want to date but the guys that we do want to date will go on like three dates and then we're trying to come up with wedding hashtags with our friends and discuss <laughs> when we're gonna when's the right time to move in with them and everything if we need to get out of our lease early to move in with them when they're when they buy their yes. house yes um so Start basically we just need to figure out how to apartments. not do that um it's not really working out in our favor so if you have any advice, that would be great. Uh, we're so excited to go to uh, your show. And thank you so much for making this podcast. Thank you. Allie and Nat, I want your podcast. You sound yeah. so fun. Please say hey if you ever see me walking around the CWE. Okay, what I would recommend is date a lot of people because it will be a way to, like, you know – the way to get guys to like you is to act like you don't give a shit. It it just is like to act like you've got you're happy. You're you don't need them. You got shit going on. You're busy. And if you date multiple people at the same time, you will never put all your eggs in one basket. And the and it will be uh it's an easier way to give the uh impression that you don't care about a guy. Even if you really like one guy more than the other, just keep it. Keep a, a, a cast a wide net, which I don't, I know it's very hard to do that, but just like keep swiping, keep opening yourself up to others. Also read Getting To I Do, just read Getting To I Do. I know you guys are young, you sound very young. I would just, um, I would do that. And also um, 
just but uh, Noah do you have any other advice for them but I feel like that's that's the 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 reason she says to duty date which is like just don't don't date for marriage like just date a bunch of different people because when you when you are busy and keep your uh, like when you have other dates and like things going on um the guy it'll it's just an easy way to play hard to get without actually having to like pretend that you're busy when you're not because you will be busy right exactly I think um Continuing dating is a very good advice. And also Pat Allen from the book, she says, um, when a guy is with you, he's not really present because he's just like thinking about your body. He has his like sexual desires and everything. But it's when he's alone that that's when he really starts to think about like your compatibility and all of that. Mm. And she said it takes guys a month to, to be distracted and then it could take them up to two months, eight weeks to figure out like, hey, I really like this girl. I'm going to call her back. And at that point, women are just like, who are you? Yes. <laughs> and then guys are like, women are so insensitive. So um, just Men patience. fall in love in the absence. Women fall in love when you're with them. And like that is, I mean, I've heard that a million times, but I am totally feeling like I promise you, Nat and Allie, that that is true. In my experience, I've seen it recently. Like, I will be with someone and I'll be like, I don't even think he likes me. And then I will not, I will just go away and not write back, not like follow up with a text, anything. And there will be something that there, I can feel their affection grow from me from from a distance. It it, it just, yeah. they need to download what they experience. They're not present when they're with you. So my best advice is do all the things you want to do. Hashtag write your name with his last name. Figure out how you're going to hyphenate it when you have kids. All those things. Do not text them ever. And if you want to, draft texts. But don't ever convince yourself you should reach out to them. It's not to play games. It's because it's just it's gonna it's gonna serve you best too. Like don't you don't feel like that sometimes it's like if you have to do all these things, then that's not the right person like i i, I feel like they're like well no. after three dates this brenna is- used them on you i'm sorry she got i'm not okay, brenna, but brenna I'm just, gave uh, me why men love bitches she used these no, tactics I, on okay, you okay i know but with, let's hear my question though like if there's i i get what you're saying but i i do think that there's guys out there where if after three dates they want to like marry this person well why why are you feeling this way because the guy's probably not Giving, making, making you the number one right yeah, away. Yeah, that's why I'm saying work on those things. Like, why are like let yourself do that, but know that that's insane. Yes, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm just saying though, like if if it takes ten things to make this person be the person you think. I just start to wonder. Okay, maybe there's someone out there where it's maybe three things. You know what I mean? Right. That's all I'm saying. That's a good point. That's all I'm saying. I'm I'm just saying like stop picking people that don't want to be changed because you're not going to change them and even if you do then you're gonna then you're gonna just like make an asshole somewhat cool for a little while you know what do i mean not does that make sleep sense with them ali and that do <laughs> not have sex with these men i know for how many uh, dates n- n- until you get what you until you either decide that you don't want a commitment and you truly don't want this person to be your boyfriend but if there is any inkling that you would like a long-term relationship with this person. Do not, do not, do as, do not let them in your vagina, number one. And if you can, not your mouth either. That one's harder, but I would recommend getting um, the thing that I bought. Where is it? This little sleeve. 
and jerk them off with this thing. A lot of lube, keep it in your little purse and jerk them off. But don't, do not fuck them no matter how much they tell you they want you to. I swear to God, they might be frustrated and be like mad and like you might part in like a bad way. But say, you know what? I bond emotionally. You can explain it because people always go, how am I going to tell a guy this? I know that when I have sex, I bond emotionally in a way that I'm not ready to bond with you yet because I don't trust you. That a guy loves a woman with boundaries and who like they know because let me reiterate this. Men know men. And if men get you to sleep with them too soon, which is before commitment, they will not trust you because they know that you are easily manipulated. Even if you're not, they will think that you are going to be um like ripe for the pickings and they'll they won't they won't trust you and they'll have a hang up about it so prove to them you have to like trick them into them thinking that you won't get banged by a bunch of guys because they all just think that every man can trick you and fuck you because they're men and that's like what they think men do but you just i know you want to have sex with them i know you want to blow them less is more and it took me 37 years to learn this don't give them what they want let them finger you let them go down on you whatever but do not do anything to them and i swear to god they will like you more than you think they're gonna like you you thought about this when you were three that's like my, I, that's my my least favorite thing is when people are like i waited 38 years yeah. to to ma- to find the love of my life and i'm like you were like a toddler being like where's my wife my wifey what the bu- 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 i like you as three being like i'm not gonna fuck Jeff yeah, in yeah, the yeah. playground hilarious okay we have time for one more um no no let's just, let's just move along to the next one there's so okay. there's so many oh. good voicemails so this is from um melissa Hi besties, it's Melissa. Love the podcast. Wanted Thanks. to let you guys know that I just want to tell everyone everything that I learn on this podcast. And I am also very self-aware of the fact that it's annoying to constantly be saying, oh my God, I learned this on a podcast. So <laughs> I started just saying that my friend Nikki or my friend Andrew, or my friend Noah told me whatever the fact is. And most people just kind of go with it and only my boyfriend has questioned who the fuck is this friend Noah. I've literally never heard you be friends with anyone named Noah. Oh my god. And eventually I had to tell him that Nikki was Nikki Glazer. And then he said, Are you really friends with her? And I said, Yes. Uh, yes. So there's that. And I also wanted to let you guys know that after all your recommendations, I got Getting to I Do and I read it. And I, I read it too late because. The day before I read it, I asked my boyfriend if he wanted a hand job because I was going to do that extra lube trick that Nikki talked about. And then I, he was like, no, I'm tired. And then I found out that since I'm feminine energy, I shouldn't be asking him if I can give him hand jobs. I should be waiting for him to ask for hand jobs or whatever. Basically, I wanted to know if you guys have tips about how do you take the learnings from that book and add them into a seven-year-long relationship when mm. it's kind of too late for some of it. Totally. Know. Would love any tips. Love the pod. Love you guys. Bye. Love you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's what I would say. You could have said, you know what? I, I really would love to try to give you a hand job with a technique I heard about. I would love phrase everything from what you want and, and like what you like, your feelings. I feel compelled to give you a hand job right now. Like start everything with I feel. Um, also, I think from what I've learned from people in relationships that read the book and how it applies to already in a relationship, um, you know, when a, a conflict comes up, if you're the feminine energy, say, hey, I've been feeling um, 
confused and uh, a little sad about something and I would love to talk to you about it, um, let me know what is a good time for you. And then they get to then schedule a time that works for them so that when, and maybe it might be then, but at least they've, it's almost like it's their idea. Noah, is that correct? Um, Yeah. Interpretation. You could absolutely still use the book to help your communication and maybe just like to have like your relationship take on a new life. What, how have you, can you give me an example of something maybe you've done in your relationship that is different? Because you you read the book before you sure. got in a relationship, but like maybe things that because you still go back to the book and like oh, yes. re up. Even this morning, I, I went back to it and I was like, oh yeah, I have to be, I have to stop like injecting my opinion at how Avi handles certain things, or like if I feel like he can take a shortcut that I know about when he's driving to just keep my mouth shut. Oh, so you just keep it shut. You don't go like, I feel like the ramp here will be a quicker way. You don't say that. <laughs> You just go the longer way. Well, I have been uh, not, like I have been uh, more in my masculine energy because I'm like, why don't you take the shortcut? Don't you know about yeah. this road? Is there a way to take the shortcut and to suggest a shortcut in a feminine energy? I would yes. love to know that. Or do you it, just because there's so many times where I see a guy doing something on a computer or like or like dealing with electronics and I'm like, God, I know how to do this. It's but. just this. Hey, I know a better way. Do you want me to tell you about it? Do you want to hear it? Or, don't, uh, or, or, hey, I know another way, not a better way. I know another way. I know. Way. You, so you can speak from I know. I yeah, feel you, like I might know a better way. Would you like me to say <laughs> what that is? Andrew's going to Yeah, always us. ask for permission to <laughs> say an opinion. Does that work? For, do you think that would work? Yeah, I, I think like, Andrew, I don't know. We were kind of talking. Huh? I feel as if the, I feel like I have a, an, a way for you to take that pizza out of the oven that might help. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's just a way of saying something to someone that just it doesn't come off as a demand. That's right. all. So it's like if you know a better way, be like, "Hey, um, I might. Hey, this way might be faster. Should we try it? Or you want to try it? Something exactly like exactly what? Yeah. And, and the tone of it is ask very for permission important. to say but, the thing. But then, like what we were saying though before, like about uh, another situation that we were in, like. Do you have to baby the person mm-hmm. as well? So there's like, yes. are you just sensitive to my tone? Not saying Avi. I'm just saying like, like are these is is this man perceived as a man? Like you got to be a man. You can't be like. Why do I have to talk to you? Uh, like why do I have to be nice to you when I tell you something? Why can't you just handle it like a man? You mm-hmm. know, there's a, that pressure. So I think it's just like. So, I think but you're like, right. my point is like, is it the is it the person you're talking to? I'm sure it could be a mixture. Like, I think sure. what we learned with the Pizza Gate is that, like, <laughs> like Pizza Gate, like there could be a criticalness on your side, and then there could be a sensitivity on my side. And I think there's a we balance. both need to work yeah. on each of those things. Yeah, Which yeah, I fine. think you're right. I think it's um, I think that's yeah. Final thought. I think that uh, there are these tricks that you learn in this book. Getting to I do, but that um. They're not, they're actually getting what you want to do because I think so. The first thought, uh, what I learned in like 12 step stuff is like your first thought is usually the, a lot of people go, go with your gut, whatever your first thought is. I don't, I think that's actually like bad advice. I think the first thought is generally like your body reacting, your fight or flight response, which can really get you into some trouble. Tempered by either a pause and thinking of how would I like to present this information? How would I like to receive this information? But also considering that, maybe don't phrase it the way you would like to hear it because you're not them. So have empathy for like a man 
wants to be respected in a relationship. You want your feelings to be cherished. So think of maybe how could I put this in a way that will maintain the, the and and reiterate that I respect him over and that I, that I that I respect him, which you know is I know this shorter way. Okay, my my impulse is to go. Well, you you always go this way. Well, you go that way because it is shorter, and I don't even understand why you always go that way. It's like you choose to be late for things. That's how I want to say Oof. it, right? Yeah, that's so pause. Yeah, that, yeah pause. Oof. So pause and go. <laughs> Look at no. I know. So pause and go. Okay, so I want him to take this way. It's coming up. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Uh, uh, um. Uh. You know, I, I don't even know if it'll work, but I think there might be a shorter way. No, Would think. you want to try that? No, think. Oh, so I I. I might. I might know of a shorter way. Uh, would you want to try it if I can figure if I can um, come up with what that is? Would you want to try? I mean, it? I almost feel like the first thing, although it, it was how like I almost feel like you can almost say it exactly how you want to say it. It's just how you say those exact words. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's like a disgust that I have. It's a disgust. Yeah, because yeah. I do have disgust. Yeah. Yes, it's honest. I, like it's like it's disgust of like why do you. Why do you have to be such a stubborn man that you have to do it your way? Like, I get mad that I have to be a quaint little woman in the passenger seat and be like, I know I'm a faster driver. We could get there sooner. Like, I get I get so angry about, like, the fact that I'm a woman and that means that I have to, like, abide by this man's feelings and make him feel like he drives the right way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then I start that. having the self-hatred that I have for myself and then I project it. Yes. But then you don't... Yeah, I... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No. I get go mad ahead. more about like, how come I take the time to figure out like where all the lights turn green in a certain sequence where I can save an extra <laughs> five minutes and he doesn't care about that. <laughs> I get so mad about that too of like, <laughs> but why? why? But, but then if he doesn't care, then like, don't you understand though? Like the fact that he'll get just as mad that you do care so much. Right. So why is he not entitled to care about that if you're entitled to care about it? Because if he's the going thing faster? that I care about makes us so we're not <laughs> late to the airport. And the thing that you care about or don't care about makes us late to the airport. But if we left earlier, we never would have been but late. But if we if leave <laughs> earlier, we don't get to sleep in and sleep is valuable. I could keep then going. You could go to bed earlier. <laughs> if I go to bed earlier, I don't get to finish the episode of White Lotus that I wanted to watch. Well, start you can start watching it earlier. earlier. Well, if I watch it earlier, then I don't get to go for the run that I want to go. Like, you know, I like to live my life efficiently with time. And I feel like a lot of things that men do are just like they don't see the layers beneath and the planning. It's the classic grocery store example. Andrew, do anything from the grocery store? No, I'm not hungry. Well, there's going to be a future in which you will be hungry. Can we plan for that? No, I'm good now. I know you're full right now, but can you imagine a world where you might be hungry down the line? Yes, but a million times over, I say I've lived 41 years, not 41, <laughs> 25 years on my own where I was able to eat. And I'm still sitting here today. So but you shouldn't worry you about pizza, it. Then that means that you get to hang out with me and we get to like have a good conversation and enjoy a show together as opposed to you having to go to the grocery store while I have to wait to watch a thing that we could watch together. How and enjoy. many times does that happen? But it's just like, you know, if we're on the same schedule and like eat. Like, I know, but we're not going to be on the same schedule. Like, but, ever. It, but eat, getting grabbing you a pizza from the store would save you a trip to the store. And but I don't I'd understand rather, why you would want to do that. <laughs> but my point is, like, I'd rather you not grab the pizza if it's going to even be on the, your brain ever later. Like, I'd rather just, like, I'll get the pizza. Just, I promise I'll be okay and I'll eat. 
Yeah, and but I'll be it's, there I guess for it's you. about me wanting to have you available to hang out later and like be and not have to go to the store and make yeah. two trips and. I know, but I'll be. Uh, I promise. Like I'll no, I've taken up. I get you pizzas still because I just know that. Like I don't even have to ask. Like I just know what you need. But I will and stop like if you want me to. And like yesterday with the Thai food, I was like, "What would Nikki want?" You know what I mean? Like yeah, I think about what 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 you would like as well. But like I don't know. Like I just like I don't want you to hold like like yeah. If it, it turns into resentments, that's yeah. different. But like, if, why don't you both you know, read the book this weekend? Which one? Getting to getting I do. To, getting me some food. Getting to rent is due. <laughs> <laughs> getting to Venmo me later. Um, no, yeah, I think that's, we, we. there should be a getting to I do for friendship, but I think these are all rules that we can work into our lives. Thank you so much for your th- fan thraxes. Keep leaving us voice memos. <laughs> Keep listening to the show. Spread the word. Thank you so much, Melissa, Kat, and Allie. Thank you, Noah. Um, thank you yeah. to all our besties. We will see you in Vegas, Seattle, and Oregon this week. NikkiGlazer.com for our tour dates and tickets. Don't be cut out there. And Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We are talking every single episode of every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 